Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back here on the pod, it's been a while. What, about seven weeks or so, I think. I mean, close to two months, but that happens this time of year. And I'll tell you why I haven't been joining you or creating the podcast. And that's really because... I've been either A, on the air a lot, filling in for the morning show, Howard or Jeremy, or the afternoon show, Chopin Bulldog, or on vacation myself. So, you know, what happens is when I'm on the air for a four-hour show, um, it's a little more challenging doing the podcast for a number of different levels. Time, obviously, but also because of content. And there's a lot of stuff that I'm saying on the radio that I just don't want to double up on the podcast. So that's why that happens. But also, you know, just it's that time of year where there's not as much is going on. I really wanted to get to it during Bill's mini camp, but again, filling in a lot on the radio, a lot of work to be done, so unable to do that. But here we are today. It is Monday, June 21st. Hope everybody's enjoying their first official day of summer. If you're listening to it on the first official day of summer, actually the longest day of the year, right? Or was that yesterday? Always confused. I think it's today, the longest day of the year as far as you know, light is concerned. And then we start having shorter days, but we still have a great, fabulous summer to look forward to here in Western New York. Going to be a little dicey this week, I think, with the weather, like going to change some rain a little cooler, then it gets hotter again. So we'll see. And again, I'll be uh, filling in and hosting this week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can hear me on the morning show on WGR Sports Radio 550. Uh, I'll be filling in for uh, Howard on Wednesday. And then on Thursday, both Howard and Jeremy are both off. So it's just me riding solo. Brayton Wilson will be joining me. And then on Friday, Jeremy's off, so I'll be in for him. So again, that's what happens and probably won't be getting to a pod on those days. This could be the only one this week, but if something arises that I feel is necessary, we'll do that. So welcome in. Sal Capaccio here in case I haven't introduced myself to you. It's been a while. Thanks for all the downloads and subscriptions. A while back, we made it on the... um, Apple Top Charts, we're amongst the top 150 podcasts in the world or country. I still don't know, but it doesn't matter because we made it. It was awesome. Thanks to you. I really appreciate that. Uh, It's also post-Father's Day edition of the podcast. Hope you had a fabulous Father's Day. If you're a dad out there listening, happy Father's Day belated to you. Um, If you are someone who celebrates Father's Day with your father, hopefully you got a chance to do that or call your father. Um, I know a lot of people out there like myself lost their fathers already, and uh, we think about them and honor them on Father's Day. Lost my dad actually at the age I am right now, 48. It's kind of weird for me to think about because like in just a couple of months now, I was doing the math, I will have outlived my dad. 
And that's kind of a scary thought to think about. So, you know, I get, uh, and my dad died of a heart attack. He was 48. I didn't really take care of his body, you know, all that much. And, you know, I try to do that. I try to take care of my body. I try to, you know, do what I need to do to make sure that I'm going to be here for my son and have as many Father's Days as possible with Max. We had a great Father's Day weekend. We went to New York City. How cool was it last week? Yankees in Buffalo against the Toronto Blue Jays went to the game on Thursday night and then on a pre-planned Father's Day weekend trip, flew to New York Friday morning, saw the Yankees Friday night, and then again Saturday afternoon at the stadium. And it was incredible. It was awesome. Uh, We had great seats, and Max was able to get a couple of foul balls. And, well, one was actually the umpire gave it to him, to be honest with you. But that's okay. Uh, We're going to count it as foul balls. And um, it was just a great trip. It was a great time. Spent it with my family. Back here, though, we went just quick trip to New York City ready to kind of talk football again, get back in the groove and other sports that are going on as well. So we'll do that here with the Bills. I've already wasted enough of your time, about four minutes in here, and we haven't really talked about anything with the Bills. But we're going to do that right now. Not only minicamp, I'll get to that in a second. I don't want to be too long today. Try to keep these podcasts, you know, fairly short and sweet for you. But got to go over the announcement about the 100% full capacity at Highmark Stadium uh, that the Bills announced earlier today. And then on top of that, One last thing I want to talk about at the end, stick around, airports. I got to talk about airports, and I'll tell you why in a little while. But let's get to the announcement the Bills made earlier today. On Monday, the Buffalo Bills have announced that Highmark Stadium, which is the new name of the stadium where they play, will have 100% capacity for Bills home games in 2021. Obviously, fans were not allowed to attend in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic until the playoffs, then it was limited capacity and you had the COVID test you had to get and all the things that we went through, you know, back in January to be able to go to the games, but fans weren't allowed uh, in the stadium. I wasn't allowed on the sidelines. I was allowed in the stadium for home games, did not travel with the club. Hopefully, you know, we'll see where that goes this year. There's a lot of things the NFL and the NFL PA and teams themselves are working through with that. So, you know, that's a discussion for another time, but hopefully that'll take place. We did all the games on uh, radio remotely the away games through the uh, from the home radio booth but hopefully all that's changing I know one thing that's changing fans are going to be back we're going to get 70 plus thousand screaming their heads off for the Bills uh, that first game against the Pittsburgh Steelers opening weekend September 12th um, I, I I would imagine this means for preseason as well the two weeks before that is the only home preseason game against the Green Bay Packers on September 28th uh, that's going to be a Saturday afternoon game in Buffalo which will be cool so you know, hopefully that that takes place right at that time. I can't see why not, but the Bills didn't address that necessarily in their statement. But they did say that it doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or unvaccinated. Everyone's going to be allowed in the stadium, 100% capacity. And they are going to, however, follow CDC guidelines at this point and require any unvaccinated fans to be wearing a mask. Now, I think require is an interesting word. It sounds to me like, you know, this is going to be something that's more on the honor system. Hey, if you're unvaccinated, wear a mask. I don't think, and I don't know, I'm not speaking for the team in any capacity here. My assumption is they're not going to be checking vaccination status upon entry because it's not a requirement to enter. It's a requirement, as they use that word, to you know wear a mask if you're unvaccinated while in the stadium. I mean, I can't imagine people walking up to your seat and saying, sir, ma'am, are you unvaccinated? Please give me your Excelsior pass to check. I think it's just like everywhere. A lot of places we go right now, I should say, which is, hey, if you're vaccinated, great. You don't have to wear a mask. If you aren't, please wear a mask. But I don't see anybody walking around businesses asking people. It just, it doesn't seem to be the case. Now, let's go back to April as I 
drink my coffee here. Hold on. Thank you. Sorry about that. Don't want it to get cold. But let's go back to April when Erie County Executive Mark Polencars said, if you're not vaccinated, you won't be able to go to Bill's games. We're hoping to have 100% capacity or whatever capacity, but only if you're vaccinated. People really freaked out, and I understand why. Like A lot of people were mad. A lot of people were upset. Some people were happy. I'm not here to judge on that. But I will tell you, at the time, exactly what I predicted is happening now, and I'm going to tell you the same thing. There was way too much time between April and the start of the season in September, and I kept telling people, wait, just wait a couple of months. And here we are, a couple of months later, what, two months later, three months later, whatever, that, you know, the policy, he just came out on Sunday, polling cars did, and rescinded that requirement. And as I was telling people back in April, let's slow down a little bit. This isn't a Bill's policy. The Bill's made a statement on the heels of that policy in April, but the statement never even addressed the policy. It just said, you know, we are basically following all local and state guidelines. It didn't say anything about polling cars, specific announcement. What that was back in April, let's be honest. Let's call it what it was. We see all of these different, you know, incentives, incentivized programs to get your vaccine. And even in Buffalo, get a beer with it, get a beer and a shot, getting Yankees or Mets tickets down in uh, downstate New York, if you will, down in New York City, all different kinds of incentives. We've seen um, places all around the country do some really weird or crazy or interesting types of incentives to get your vaccine shot. All this was to me in April was Mark Polencar's doing the same thing, except the opposite, not an incentive, but something punitive. Not, hey, if you get the vaccine, I mean, he he kind of framed it as that. Hey, you want to go to a Bills game? Get the vaccine. What it really was, was more punitive, saying, well, if you don't get the vaccine, you can't go to a Bills game. But either way, that's really what this was. It was dangling a carrot out there for people to get the vaccine. He was rattling the cage. He wanted to get the numbers up. He wanted to get the, you know, coronavirus and COVID numbers down, vaccine numbers up. And again, I'm not judging on that. You can think what you want about that. You can think right or wrong. I will tell you though, there was a lot of question and even the governor came out and said, ah, he can't do that. But then polling cars said, yes, I can, but it doesn't matter. None of that matters now. What matters now is that's completely gone, which always was going to be, like I said, I mean, I guess it didn't have to be if the numbers didn't go down to basically zero levels right now for new cases, but it was always going to be the case to me that polling cars was going to come out and do this at some point. And now we have the NFL, we have the Buffalo Bills. The NFL had already granted the Bills permission to go to 100% capacity. Now by the NFL doing that just a few weeks ago, it's kind of like when your kid goes to you or when you were a kid and you say, you ask dad a question and dad says, uh, yeah, sure. But ask your mom, right? I mean, that's really what the NFL did a couple of weeks ago. Hey, we're going to give all these teams the chance and the ability to go to 100% capacity, but it's up to the teams and it's up to the County. It's up to the state. It's up to your local leaders or whatever. That's what happened a couple of weeks ago. And now here we sit where the bills are basically saying, yep, we're doing that. And Again, let's go back to it. I have a story up at WGR550.com. The Bills tweeted about it. You can read their story at buffalobills.com. The Bills are going to allow vaccinated and unvaccinated people into the games. Nowhere do I read or even anticipate it's going to be some sort of sectioned off, vaccinated versus unvaccinated. By doing that, if you had unvaccinated sections, you'd essentially have to do social distancing, right? Isn't that the point of unvaccinated sections? And so that's not the case. We know that. They've said 100% capacity. 
What this comes down to is this. I'll just lay it out very simply for you. You're going back to Bill's games as you were pre-COVID. But if you don't have a vaccine, wear a mask. That's what this comes down to. That's what this policy is. Hey, we're all good. We're back to what we were before 2020, just like we had been for the previous 45 years at the stadium or whatever. We're just asking you, please wear a mask if you're unvaccinated. Yes, the word required is in there. Is in there. Again, to me, it comes down to probably what's going to be the honor system more than anything else. So that's the big news of Monday, which is we're going back, baby. We're going back to Highmark Stadium. We're going to be cheering on the Buffalo Bills. You are. I'm going to be down there in the sidelines broadcasting games with John Murphy and Eric Wood. If not Eric, then Steve. Hopefully Eric's back this year. I think he has to get some things ironed out as well as far as you know travel and all that kind of stuff goes. But we got the games again. Uh, back in the stadium with fans. And that is great. That is the, the best news I think you could get right now as we roll into our summer and think about and um, anticipate a great Buffalo Bills season, which, by the way, the next stop is training camp. Now, that's a different situation. Training camp. We know it's not going to be at St. John Fisher. And what I mean by a different situation is that has its whole another type of news in itself, which is the team will not hold training camp for the second year in a row at St. John Fisher College in Rochester. We know that they will be um, holding it at One Bills Drive outside the Ad Pro Sports Training Facility uh, on the outdoor grass, but fans will not be allowed. And I can tell you, there's no room for fans. They don't have bleachers right there. Could they possibly set up a makeshift? Yes, but not enough that all the fans that want to go can go. But what they're going to do, and we've been told this, is the team will be um, having and hoping to have several practices outside on the actual stadium field. So that's when they'll open up to fans to go see. We've seen those scrimmages, the return of the blue and red, those kinds of things they've done in the past. So that's how you're going to be able to see the Bills at training camp, which should begin right around July 27th or July 28th, according to the dates with the NFL CBA and backing up and all that kind of stuff with you know how many days before your first game you can hold training camp. So we're going to have training camp. This time it's going to be, again, in Buffalo, in Orchard Park, not at St. John Fisher. Um, the team, the reason why is that they had to make this call now you know, I keep hearing people talk about the 85%, the 85%. The 85% threshold, if you will, for teams to get to their players, 85% of them vaccinated, or you can't op- operate normally in your facility, that is not actually a rule by the NFL. That's not something that the NFL has even said yet. It's something that's been reported that could possibly be that people are assuming. And the reason why the Bills have chosen now already to make the determination not to go to St. John Fisher is because they can't get any clarification from the league as far as if that is actually going to be the case. So they have to go by, and Brandon Bean said this, they have to go by what the current protocols are, what last year's rules are, which are basically, they're still social distancing. There are people who work for the Buffalo Bills, important people, people who do important jobs, who I deal with all the time, who aren't even allowed in the facility right now. We can't. Media, we can't go in the facility right now. Now, the NFL is relaxing some rules as far as one-on-one interviews, all that kind of stuff during training camp and preseason. But all of the protocols right now are the at the facilities are the exact same as they were in 2020. So because Brandon Bean did not know if there is a threshold, what the percentage of threshold is, they asked the league. The league could not give them an answer. 
So the Bills said, well, we have to make a decision. And based on the fact that you can't tell us this, we can't just assume it's going to be okay. So we ha- we're going to shut down training camp at St. John Fisher and move it back to Buffalo. And they wanted to do that as early as possible before the players left for minicamp so they could know their schedule, know what they're doing, know where they're going, book their flights, come back home, all that kind of stuff. And your staff too, not just players, everybody. It makes sense. I hate the fact they're not at St. John Fisher. I love being out there. I love the media camaraderie. I love being on the morning show with Howard and Jeremy or the afternoon show with Chopin the Bulldog while practice is about to start or just ended. I love being out there and just getting up in the morning, getting my coffee in my dorm room and going downstairs and watching practice. I love that experience, that part of it. I love interacting with the fans. I know you you do too. I don't know what this means. Excuse me. I don't know what this means about the future of training camp A, at St. John Fisher or anywhere, there's been a lot of speculation, but I know that, you know, a lot of you have really enjoyed being out there. I have too, and I'm going to miss being out there again for the second year in a row. Now, as far as the future of training camp, St. John Fisher College, well, that uh, is possibly gone. We don't know though. Uh, The contract is up. It was up actually last year. Um, I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. It, It had two years left on it going into last year. It did not roll over, meaning that year was gone, even though they didn't go out there. With one year left, that was this year. So the contract's up, and the Bills are going to work through it with St. John Fisher or whoever else or whatever else, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott and Kim Pagula and football operations and everybody that you know has to decide on these things are going to decide. Does that mean keeping training camp in Orchard Park from now on and finding a way to make sure fans can attend? Does that mean going to another college or another facility somewhere? Uh, you could have the Penn State connection with Terry Pagula. We'll get to that in a minute with something else that has gone on. Um, is there another local college? I don't know, one of the SUNY schools that wants to host. I mean, even UB down the road, if they just want to kind of get away from their own facility, who knows? There, there's a lot of different you know things at play here. I do really believe Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean when they say, they want to, They like going away. They like going away for the team camaraderie, team building. I don't believe they want to be away too long because the facilities they have in Orchard Park at One Bills Drive at AdPro, uh, the rehab facilities, the weight training center, all that stuff is so great for them. It's so conducive. They want to be there. But going away, the team building, the team com- camaraderie, like I said, is something I think they really do value and they want to you know, make sure they have uh, every year. So we'll see where it goes. There's a business component and aspect to it as always. So we'll see where all of that leads. But in the meantime, the Bills will have training camp in Orchard Park at One Bills Drive at the Ad Pro Sports Training Center and inside the uh, on the Highmark Stadium turf. And preseason, going to have you know three preseason games just like everybody else except for the two teams in the Hall of Fame game. Coming up on us quicker than you realize. Uh, they'll be on... It's August 13th, a Friday night in Detroit, August 21st, a Saturday afternoon in Chicago, and then August 28th, Saturday afternoon in Buffalo. I just mentioned Penn State. The other big news over the weekend, I was gone. I was in New York. I see Thad Brown, my buddy over in Rochester, News 8 in Rochester. We do Buffalo Kickoff Live on Channel 4 here in Buffalo with um, myself and Thad and Josh Reed and Heather Prusak from Channel 4 and Tim Graham from The Athletic and Matt Perino from New York Upstate. We all you know, do that, as you've seen on TV. And Thad, who's a part of that show, he had some you know, sourced breaking news saying that the plan is for the Bills to build a new stadium 
in Orchard Park where the current one is. And I, I do, I'm kind of unclear if it's exactly where it is or maybe, you know, you're nearby in a parking lot, however you do it. I think it's exactly in the footprint of where current Highmark Stadium is. And in the meantime, when that happens, if and when that happens, they break ground. Now, look, it. there's still a lot to be done here. Funding. How's it going to be paid for? How are they going to, you know, what's it going to look like? There's a ton of stuff here. It's not like, hey, they're going to build a stadium and they start, you know, next month. That's not the case. Uh, who knows where this leads? We've seen plenty of projects in Buffalo over the many years, including stadiums, going way back to the 60s and 70s and 80s that didn't get built, whether it's football dome, baseball dome, uh, all those kinds of things. So we'll see where it goes. But if that's the case, and they do have to build the stadium and the Bills have to maybe go somewhere else to play for a year or so while it's being built, Penn State has been floated, floated as a possibility because of Terry Pagula's, you know, that's in the story that Thad wrote, Terry Pagula's connection to Penn State. They built the ice re- or arena at Penn State for their hockey team. It's named after, after Pagula. So they have that. Toronto, also another possibility where the Bills could play. And we all know the Bills had the Bills in Toronto series. You know, it's funny. I, I tweeted out the story, linked it to Thad's story, and I just got to say, I think a lot of people just didn't see the forest through the trees and were concentrating on the wrong things. Oh, I can't believe. Why wouldn't they play in Syracuse? Well, I don't know. Maybe, you know, that's not conducive enough or, you know, the the uh, there's not enough seats or something. There could be a lot of reasons, but I think the big news is stadium, right? Building a new stadium. Now let's talk about funding. How's that going to happen? What's it going to look like? All that kind of stuff. I think those are the important aspects of the story. Uh, so minicamp has concluded. The Bills are done until training camp starts. And I was out there for all of the media available portion of minicamp. There was, you know, plenty of those. And a few people definitely stood out. But on the last day, I would say the defense clearly, you know, won the day. And I I was kind of really impressed with how the defense played because they were, to me, throughout most of minicamp, it wasn't just the defense when I say this part. It was the offense, too. Everything was bing, bang, boom, in and out of the huddles, running plays, knowing your assignments. And that makes sense, right, with a veteran-laden team. There's less time to kind of just stop and go over things. Not that there's a lot of that normally anyway, but I guess you'd say less teaching. And I'm careful saying that because they're always teaching. But really, it's about just building on top of what you have, everybody knowing their assignments, getting in and out of the huddle. It was crisp. I had commented on Twitter at one point, at Sal Sports on Twitter, by the way, I'd commented that it seemed to me like a training camp practice after a couple. And that was, you know, because of the pace of it, because of the crispness and just everybody going and doing what they normally would do to get ready for the season, not necessarily at this time of year. So that seemed a little bit different. Uh, The big news of camp was Star Latulale returning to mandatory minicamp. So he was there. So were the other defensive linemen who had been missing through some of the um, or all of that, I should say the voluntary portions of camp OTAs, which were Jerry Hughes, Mario Edison, Vernon Butler, Star was there. Um, Taiwan Jones hadn't been there for anything. He was there. They had hundred percent attendance. So everybody was there. And the star said he's playing. He's not opting out. He's not going anywhere. He's not retiring. He's playing in 2021. I asked him specifically, what if there are opt outs again in 2021 that the league negotiates with the players union? He said, I'm playing, I'm back. I'm going to be at training camp. So there you have it from him. But a couple other people that stood out to me, uh, during the, Overall OTAs, and especially maybe that last day, that last minicamp, they only had two of them. Sean McDermott canceled the last one. It had nothing to do with the vaccine announcement that day. People tried to tie that in. No, McDermott pretty much always canceled the last day of you know uh, mandatory minicamp. I think he kind of 
dangles that as a carrot. You guys have been coming here, volunteering uh, your time, working hard. Have a good couple of days. We'll get out of here. And that's basically what they did. But I felt quarterback Mitch Trubisky had a strong few weeks from the sessions the media was allowed to watch. And that included the last day. Now, granted, there's no touching the quarterback, so it makes a difference. But he was patient, and he, to me, had a lot of bodies around him, even though you can't touch him. Like I said, falling around him, muddied, things like that, muddy pockets, stepped up, made right reads, good throws, all those kinds of things. I really like the way Mr. Trubisky looked, and I think that's a really important spot for the Bills to solidify that backup quarterback position because, God forbid, something happens to Josh Allen and they miss out on home field advantage or lose a playoff game because they don't have a capable enough backup quarterback to at least give them a shot. I think they feel like they do now with Mitchell Trubisky, and I really like the way that he looked. Also, last year, no OTAs or mini camps to see any of the rookies. Much different situation this year. I was really impressed with the two defensive ends they took early on. Greg Rousseau in the first round, Carlos Boogie Basham in the second round. Obviously, like I said, no full contact, but Rousseau's length, and in this particular setting, without the contact, his athleticism really stood out to me. Also, running backs, Antonio Williams, big and strong. You can kind of see that when he's out there. He really runs hard. And it's a di- it's it's easy to see the difference between him and the other backs when he's out on the field. Like I said, really running hard and tough. And then everybody's favorite, right? Christian Wade. I, I always tell you, Christian Wade is a long shot. He's not going to make the roster. I still don't believe he is. But I got to be honest, Christian Wade to me has really come a long way in the finer points of running with the football, especially when he has the football in his hands, how to tuck it, how to carry it, where and when to cut to maximize effectiveness and efficiency, shifting his body to get through tacklers and holes while maintaining his balance. And then, you know, getting right back to moving forward. He's still a long shot to make this team, but he is exempt. Again, he gets that roster spot because of the international pathway program. It was extended this year because they didn't have those OTAs and camps last year for these guys uh, who were in the program. So I think him and Antonio Williams, both, impressive, like what they're doing, but both still long shots to make the roster. So, but, but we'll see where this goes, right? Should be interesting. We'll see where this goes once we get to you know training camp and watch these guys actually out in the field, live tackling, live hitting, and things like that. All right, so there's some more stuff we can get into with the vaccine stuff. The NFL released some rules. Maybe I'll do another pod on that. That's a whole complete another issue about unvaccinated versus vaccinated players, where the league is going with this this year where it stands now, what could change. It's been collectively bargained with the NFLPA. Obviously, Cole Beasley had a lot to say about that. I think that that's a conversation we can do. Maybe even tomorrow I can get to that. In the meantime, before we head out of here, airports. So maybe, you know, I maybe I've noticed, but not as much before. I should say maybe I'm just noticing more now because people are back and it's been a while since I even traveled in Traveling with the team, I'm not walking through a normal, you know, part of the section of the airport, the commercial section. You know, it's a it's a charter for the team. We check in separately. But I've traveled a lot in my life with my family, with myself. I've gone a lot of places on commercial airlines. And I'll tell you, I, I've always felt, you know, a long time ago, I've always liked to travel. I always liked airports for the the people watching aspect and meeting people and seeing people. And, you know, and as I've grown in my job, that's become even more so because, you know, people come up to me. Hey, Sal, what's up? They recognize me. What's going on? What's going on with the bills? And I love meeting people. But one thing I've really noticed, I think, especially lately, because I've been traveling more. I've been on some commercial flights over this past year. Just went to New York this weekend. We flew in. We flew out. Um, I took a trip down to Florida, came back. We're traveling to Oregon. But I've been more cognizant and aware because I'm watching people more 
looking at maybe masks or how people are socially distancing or whatever it is. I don't know why, maybe subconsciously. But the one thing that I will tell you is I think airports are awesome. I really do. I think they have become these great living spaces, if you will. Like I, I, I'm kind of saying this tongue in cheek, but like I could live in an airport. Now I, I would have to leave. I'm not saying I would just stay there all the time, 24 seven, but I think I could live in an airport as long as I wasn't paying airport prices all the time for the food because they just have everything you need. They have incredible restaurants with everything you want on the menu and pick whatever you want, wherever you want to go. Really good restaurants, chain restaurants, whatever. They have lounges to go sit in and kick your feet up and relax. They have charging stations and, you know, places to go watch your computer or movies and places to go watch sports on big screens. Everything you need is at an airport, especially the bigger ones, right? Now, Buffalo doesn't have all of that, but they have enough of it. It's a smaller airport. But I mean, like at Newark, where I was this weekend, flying through in Tampa and Atlanta, Baltimore, uh, Chicago, wherever you go to Denver is like this amazing new airport I'll be flying into. I haven't seen it. I just didn't say new. It was built a while ago, but like I've heard a lot of good things about it. Also some kind of rough things too about, you know, where the terminals are and things like that. But the point I'm making is like airports just seem like maybe the way you envisioned airports looking back 25 years ago, they're finally looking and it's now so much more conducive to get work done. When I go to an airport, I don't want to just get out of there. I kind of want to stay. I want to stay. I want to sit down and enjoy myself and relax, talk to people, meet people. They have everything I need. I can charge my phone. I can get on my computer. They have Wi-Fi. I can watch a sporting event. I can eat a good meal. I can drink whatever I want to do. And they're clean. People are walking around and you know, I think taking care of them and knowing, hey, there's a pretty clean airport. I'm not going to be throwing litter on the ground. Not that that normally would happen, but it just seems like they, I think I have it in my mind that they used to be a little more grungy, if you will, a little more dirty, not finding that to be the case anymore. I'm loving it. So looking forward to traveling more, looking forward to traveling commercial and to be traveling to Buffalo Bills games this year, as I know you will. And I know you're looking forward to being at the home game. So that's it. Airports, man. I love airports. I could live at an airport Just don't want to pay airport pricing for everything. Okay, thanks for listening to the pod. I'm out of here again. Hopefully, I'll try to do one again tomorrow on Tuesday. But whether I do or not, don't forget, morning show, 6 to 10 a.m. I'll be co-hosting with Jeremy on Wednesday, flying it solo. Brayton's going to be there, our producer, on Thursday, and then with Howard on Friday. It's that time of year, and football is almost here. Thanks a lot for listening to Sal Sports and Stuff. Don't forget, subscribe. Please tell everybody about it. You can find it. iTunes. Spotify, at our Odyssey website, wherever you pod, just subscribe, throw me a nice review, and um, you always get the latest podcast downloaded as soon as you log on and open up your app. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend? 
or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 